Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Elise DeLucci Show, episode 89. Happy, happy end of January. We made it through 2022. I could hardly believe it. I'm already exhausted. I'm just exhausted. Just exhausted from this year. God, what a what a last few months I've had. I had the car accident, a concussion. I was in physical therapy multiple times a week. Still go. And then last week I had COVID. But I'm back. I'm back in action. Sorry, we didn't chat last week. I was totally out of commission. People are like, oh, the the new strain, Omicron, like, it's like a cold. It wasn't like a cold to me. I have no taste, no smell. I mean, do you know what it's like getting a bar of Cadbury fruit and nut and not being able to actually taste it? By the way, if you haven't had that, literally the most delicious chocolate bar. One of my favorites. Okay. Fact of the week. I got a couple of facts uh, today. Speaking of taste and smell, Time Magazine a while ago reported that Fruit Loops cereal, while all the different uh, little O's are different colors, they all have the same taste. That is true. That's a true fact. I told that to my daughter this morning, and she's like, Mommy, I knew that. Mommy, I knew that. By the way, it's so early in the morning. It's Tuesday. Uh, They don't have school yet. They are playing quietly in their room. So I decided, you know what? Let me close the door to their room. Let me close the hallway door. Let mommy do her podcast. Because we do this off work hours, people. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. These companies, they just think, I don't, they think you do leisurely things during the workday. Like, no, I work during the workday. I work for you during the workday. That's what I do. That's how we have a successful business. Anyway, second fact, food related, of course. I mean, you know, because it's January and, and we're really trying to diet here. German chocolate cake doesn't come from Germany. It's named after a person, Sam German, who created a type of ba- of chocolate for bakers in 1852. So Sam German, he created German chocolate, hence German chocolate cake. I Here I am thinking, every time I saw the Duncan Hines box in the supermarket, German chocolate cake, I was like, ooh, that's so exotic. I'm not going to bake that for the kid's birthday. They don't need that kind of cake this year. Meanwhile, meanwhile, it's not from Germany. So yeah, so I had COVID. Um, it, it, was, it, it was not really I don't know if I knew what to expect I read a lot of things oh it's like a cold oh you know you you may get a little flu symptoms you'll be over it in a day or two no I I was really I was really like done I was I was spent I woke up like one day last week early last week actually I think I got the positive test over the weekend um, and then, you know, as the week went on, I was just, I was tired. I was, you know, I was really, uh, I had the fever, you know, I was taking Tylenol. I took some aspirin. I was sleeping with NyQuil. I had, you know, runny nose, head cold, that kind of thing. But it was, it was, uh, it wasn't pleasant. It was not pleasant, but I'm over it. Thank God. Um, and like I said, I am back in action. I decided during, uh, COVID when I had a little, Oh, well, during COVID. Isn't that funny? That's like now, during COVID is like now referring to a period of time. But during my COVID, during my COVID, uh, my COVID lapse, I, I decided I was going to make a hat. That's that's exactly what, you know, one should do when they are sick on the couch. I'm like, you know what, maybe, maybe I'll just go into the hat business. I'm kidding. I'm not going into the hat business. That would be insane. I always have a craft going like at all times. It's just something that I've done since I'm a little kid. And 
Anyway, it's not like I have one craft go off the table and I'm like, got to get a new craft. It's just like inside me ever since I was little. I need to make things. I need to create things. Like it, it, the, the, the art of creating things for me like offsets everything else. It balances everything else out in, in my life. So anyway, I'm making a, a, a cowboy hat. I love, I wear a lot of cowboy hats, like wool cowboy hat. I wear a black one a lot around the city. Um in the fall, in the winter, and, you know, it's almost more like a rancher hat. It's not quite a cowboy, but it has that shape. It's not quite a fedora with a with a short brim, but and, and it's almost like a rancher hat, which is sort of a hybrid between the two. But I bought this hat on Etsy, and um, if you're curious to know the name of the store, I don't have it on me right now, but just DM me, but it's a it's a wholesaler for um, for hat makers, and they have they sell all these different uh, hat bases. They call them, which I didn't know. I guess uh, for milliners, I guess when uh, for the milliners out there that make hats, you buy hat bases. So they sell all these hat bases. A lot of fascinators, you know, the British fascinators. Those are those wedding hats. So they, I found this uh, base for a, a cowboy hat, and they came in all different colors. Um, and maybe they came in like six different colors. So I bought a, a light pink color. And a dusty blue color. And then I bought some vintage ribbons also on Etsy. There's a great uh, lady who sells vintage ribbons on Etsy. Etsy. Her store is Les Bones Ribbon. Um, and, and she sells all these antique um, tapestry ribbons, um, you know, brocades, super vintage, some modern ones. But they're, they're inexpensive. You know, you get a couple yards for maybe, I don't know, a few dollars. So I bought a selection of, of ribbons and I'm going to um, either glue or try to figure out a way to stitch the ribbon around the the, the, the base of the hat. Um, and not just so you know where this is coming from. I was walking down Madison Avenue and there's this store that opened up a year ago, Love Shack Fancy. I don't know if you know this brand. Look it up. It's uh it's a store for women and they ha- it is the most um romantic, Victorian, billowy, dreamy, fairy tale sort of aesthetic of a store. They sell women's clothes and it's a fortune. Everything in the store though, it's pink, it's floral, it's pastels, a more more like blush tones, um lavenders. Literally everything is just so gorgeous in this store. It's not clothes like I would actually wear. Like, by the way, I went into Love Shack Fancy when they first opened and I was like, oh my God, look at this billowy floral dress with the bell sleeves and these Victorian puffy shoulders. It's like I put it on. Not only was it like a thousand dollars because I would never spend that on the dress, FYI. I would rent it on Rent the Runway is what I would do. But it's like, I, I, not only does it have puffy sleeves, it made me look like a house. I would never wear these clothes, but I can admire them. And it's in those moments that I really wish that I was like Twiggy. But anyway, um, in the window of Love Shack Fancy not too long ago, they had this great pink, blush-colored pink cowboy hat. And I just loved it. And I didn't even bother going in to see how much it was because I knew it was going to be something ridiculous. So, you know, in true Elise DeLucci fashion, I came home and I was like, oh, I'm going to make a hat. So, so that's what I'm doing. And... I'm realizing now that I have my materials that I'm not going to be able to stitch the ribbon onto a felt hat because um, it's just not going to work. I am going to ask my babysitter though. She's in her 70s. She's fabulous. She used to sell her, uh, sell, not sell, make her kids clothes. And she's really good at that stuff. So I'm going to ask her, but 
I don't think it can be done. I think I'm going to have to glue it with fabric glue or hot glue. So more on that, but I'm making the hat. I'm excited. I'll post it when it's done. Hopefully it's uh, something I could actually wear. But the base of the hat was, I think I paid like $25, which is expensive, but I wanted a quality base. I wanted to have something I could really wear. And then, like I said, the vintage ribbons maybe were like $3, $5, something like that. Anywho. Mm. Okay. Thich Nhat Hanh died. Do you know Thich Nhat Hanh? He is a, a Buddhist monk and a peace activist. He died at 95 years old. I am sad about Thich Nhat Hanh. He, uh, he is a wonderful man. If you do not know him, you need to look this man up. I am not a Buddhist. I am Catholic. But you need to look Thich Nhat Hanh. T-H-I-C-H space N-H-A-T space H-A-N-H. Look him up. He's kind of known as uh, the father of mindfulness. I know that this sounds, you know, a little California of me. No offense to my California listeners out there. But basically, for the last four decades, uh, Thich Nhat Hanh, uh, he um, has gone all around the world uh, and, and, and practice mindfulness as a monk. And he's a, he's a teacher. He's like a spiritual teacher. And he... Um, he would lead people in these uh, mindfulness and guided meditations, people of all faiths, not only Buddhist people. And um, he is kind of, uh, you know, he's an activist. He, 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 he champions religious freedom and human rights and nonviolence and love and, and all this kind of stuff. He won the Nobel Peace Prize. I always uh, said... I think he would be the Dalai Lama if that process probably wasn't so politicized. He's just a wonderful man. He's written over, I don't know, a hundred books on mindfulness. And here's the thing. Come on, let's be serious. I'm Italian. I grew up New York Italian family. There's nothing peaceful and mindful about my big family. But um, but when I was married, my ex-husband, as you know, British, very calm, calm man, and um, just had a different outlook on life and he really got into mindfulness and meditation before it kind of became a thing and before Jerry Seinfeld was going around talking about transcendental med meditation and all that kind of stuff. And um, I don't know if my ex uh, had found Thich Nhat Hanh or if I did, but he, you know, we talked about meditation, mindfulness, all this kind of stuff. I started to um, <clears throat> look into it. I started to buy some of his books and uh, it changed my life. I'm not going to sit here and preach to you about what he talks about, but uh, it's just, he just has a nice outlook on life. Uh, I think he's done a TED talk or two. There's a, there's an app, um, shit, what's that app? There's a couple of uh, meditation apps. There's like Calm, but that one used to annoy me because when it launched, it had a British voice only. And I was like, British voice, that voice drives me crazy. Um, but uh, no, it, there, there's an app uh, called Insight Timer. That's the name, Insight Timer. And uh, Thich Nhat Hanh has a couple of um, medita guided meditations you could try on there. So look them up, definitely worth uh, a guy, definitely worth knowing. Louis Anderson passed away. And obviously, as we talked about last time, Bob Saget, um, just, just so many. Oh my God. And oh, oh, OMG. What about Michelle Goh, the 40 year old woman? The 40 year old woman um, 
in Times Square on uh, going on to the subway or in the subway station like 9.45 on a Saturday morning and the poor thing gets pushed in front of the train and dies on impact. I don't know if you saw in the news Deloitte, uh, Deloitte and Touche, they put her face, um, a cartoon, really cute cartoon picture of her in Times Square on a giant billboard. This makes me so upset. You have no idea. This could be any of us. Saturday morning when I don't have the girls, that is something that I love to do. Wake up, take a shower, get dressed, and I'm out. I'm on the subway, I'm on the train. Well, I haven't been on the subway because it's really is skeeving me out. But that I'm running around the city, I'm doing errands. That could have easily been any of us. Who knows what she was doing? Maybe she was going downtown to a yoga class. Maybe she was meeting a friend for breakfast. It's just freaking heartbreaking. And I was doing um, an open mic yesterday because, yes, I do still do those, have to do them to get, you know, sharp, especially when stage time is still so limited. If you don't know, open mics is basically where all comics, mostly new comics, go and we work on our material uh, anywhere from, you know, three to ten minutes and it's uh it's it's a grueling thing the open mics but that that's how you go to get strong and there are comics I will say like Jim Gaffigan was doing comedy for he was doing stand up for uh, 10 years 10 11 12 years and still going to open mics Nate Bargatze was at a mic showed up at a mic in New York the other day so the people that think oh open mic it's the police people go anyway um okay so the other day I was at an open mic and one of the uh, comics mentioned Bob Saget. Actually, I was at the mic last night and uh, one of the comics mentioned Saget and, and and the girl who got shot in Burger King. Excuse me. And said, you know, we live in this culture. You know, I don't know. He, I, I don't think he had a bit yet, but his, his idea was like, we live in this culture where... Um, you know, a celebrity dies or someone famous dies and we're all mourning or, you know, the whole world is covers the local paper. Oh, Saget, celebrity died. Sad, sad. And yes, it's sad, but the comic said, what about the girl in Burger King? Saget had a great career. Yes, he was young. And yes, Betty White was is a national treasure, but she had an amazing career. And these people, they passed away. But what about poor 19-year-old dollface in Harlem working in Bur- Burger King that gets robbed at gunpoint and then the psychopath just decides, let me shoot you anyway. And she died for the job. And he was trying to work out a bit about it. I can't find that stuff funny, me personally. Uh, I think his his angle was you die for the job. Like if that's the if you're gonna die, that's the job you gotta die for. Burger King, you know, out of all places. But I can't laugh at that because I just think it's so sad. But all these deaths, ugh, it just it it makes you um, it makes me think of 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 my own mortality. Anyway, but but Thich Nhat Hanh, um, back to Thich Nhat Hanh the leader of mindfulness, he makes you realize that live in the moment. Live in the moment, be mindful, because it could get taken away at any time, and that's one of the reasons why I like him. Look at that little bow I put on that. Isn't that nice little bow? I was reading in the New York Times ethicist the other day, you know, Kwame Anthony Apai, I love him, and uh, there's a there's a, a question that came in and says, can I ask my ex to delete the nude photos I sent him? I, this girl, she writes, I think it's a girl. I think, I don't know why I'm just automatically saying it's a girl. I shouldn't automatically think it's a girl because her, her initials are H-Y. She doesn't give her name. He, person doesn't give her name. She was seeing, 
I'm just going to say, let's let's just go with it's a she. She was seeing somebody for several months, not a long relationship, but it was very intense. And she's saying, uh, you know, they broke up. But during this intense few months relationship, she sent him some naked pictures, text him, and he has them. And she wants to know if she can ask for them back or ask, you know, ask him to delete them. Uh, she says that um, she doesn't really feel like she could trust him. She doesn't really feel like uh, she's comfortable with him having him. And basically what uh, the ethicist's um, opinion is, is he says, yes, you can ask him to delete these naked pictures. You can ask him that he doesn't have your personal consent to share the pictures. And Kwame is saying, the ethicist, a decent person would say, of course, you know what, let me delete them, sure, whatever. But the ethicist is saying, he may think that he's entitled to these relationship mementos. And even if he says, oh, I'm going to delete them, of course, you, H-Y, the writer, have no way of knowing if he actually does. Um, And you have to trust somebody that maybe you would think or find now is less than trustworthy. And here's the thing, okay, people? I don't know what you think about this, but I... I am not, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not a prude. I mean, sometimes maybe I'm a little prude, but I'm really a prude. But I don't, I see, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't partake in that. I don't send nudes. Not for me. It's not something I do. First of all, this digital age is so scary to me in so many ways, even though, as we know, this is my industry that I work in. I'm an expert in this industry. I've been do I've been in it for 20 years, but I just do not like this transfer of digital information. Even though me, yes, I post videos, I post things online all the time. I am not going. I do not post. There are certain things that I would not post, and that is naked pictures, sexy pictures. I I I limit the stuff that I post about my kids. I do limit the stuff that I post about my family. And this also includes sending in via text. Um, I mean, I of course I send my family, my my in my group text. I always send pictures of the kids and the whole thing. But you know what? This transfer of digital information, where does it go? Who fucking knows? Who fucking knows? That's the thing, okay? And so if you're sending somebody naked pictures of you, do you really think, do you really think that someone's going to go on their phone and scroll through the hundreds or hundreds of thousands of pictures that they have and say, well, that's Samantha that I dated. She was a sweet girl. It didn't work out. Let me go spend 40 minutes of my day and scroll through all these pictures and find her naked pictures that are gorgeous and let me go delete them. Of course he's not going to do that. He's going to save them. Maybe he'll save them for his own viewing pleasure. Maybe he'll just save them because he wants to show people. Maybe he'll post them somewhere. Who fucking knows? But you know what? H.Y. who wrote in, how about this? Word to the wise. Why don't you not, why don't you not do this again? Why don't you just, let's avoid the whole thing. And can we not send naked pictures? I mean, honestly, let's leave a little up to the imagination. Gypsy Rosalie, famous burlesque dancer, says, show them a little shoulder and then don't give it to them. That's the, that's the kind of stuff I subscribe to. You know what? When I meet, I've never had a one night stand, by the by. I'm not trying to get into any preachy, but I never had a one night stand. It's not for me. It's not something I do. And if I'm dating a guy, I make him wait. I'm not having sex with him on one date, two date, three dates. I'm sorry. And for all you young girls that are listening here, I hope that you're listening and I hope that you, um, you know, take what I'm saying into consideration because 
I make the men wait. Let them wait. Let them wait three months, six months, nine months. Let them buy you a few gifts. Let them take you out for dinner. Let them treat you like the queen you are. And that goes for the same, that goes for guys too. Why just give it up on the first date or two? And why, why, why when you're sleeping with somebody? Or why if you are on your way to sleeping with somebody? Why when you're in that intense, lustful, fun phase, do you think that it's, a good idea to take a picture of your big vagina and send it to him. Oh, it's horrible. I don't care what angle you're at. I don't care what kind of airbrushing. I don't care what gorgeous agent provocateur lingerie you've gotten. I think it's a horrible idea. I do. I do. And, um, well, even if you send it, you've done the thing. You've done, You've done it. So I don't think that he has an obligation to delete the pictures. That's my personal opinion on this question. I don't think he has an obligation to delete the pictures. I think he could say, he should say to you, I'm not going to share them. I'll probably delete them when I have time, but I'm not going to share them. I don't really care anymore. I've moved on. Case closed. But you for the future should know that there are pictures of your vagina and your boobs living on his phone forever. And who knows who's going to get that phone? Who knows what creepy fucking weirdo at Verizon is going to get that phone and see all the data on it? Oh, I just can't. But you know, now we're getting into also another territory that's popping in my head, which is deep fakes, which is, you know, somebody takes a picture or a video of somebody else and sticks your head on it. That's a whole nother thing. But anyway, I, um, <clears throat> it's an interesting question. But let's be serious, H.Y. Do you really think he's going to take the time out to delete? No. No. <clears throat> Absolutely not. Um, okay. Lip liner, ladies. For my ladies that love the lip liner, I have discovered a new brand. A new brand. So I've talked about before, I love Milani. Spice, I like Milani. All natural. Those are the colors. There's a Milani nude that's a little too light for me. Um, these are hard to find for some reason. LA Girl came out with some lip liners. Uh, they are okay. I find them in Target. They're okay, but they, they, they are very light. Uh, Wet and Wild. I love Wet and Wild lip liners. Um, they're, they're pencil lip liners. Those are great. 666 when you can find it. They have gel lip liners that don't stay on as long, but I still like them. I like the, the smoothness of the Wet and Wild gel. I like the colors. But unfortunately, after like 40 minutes, it really just comes off. And forget if you try to wear it under a mask. Forget it. You walk, you, you take your mask out off and you look like the Bride of Chucky. Like lips, lips and lipstick all over the place. But I was on Amazon trolling one night through the reviews in my COVID-infested bubble on the couch. And I found a, a brand of lip liners called Italia. Italia lip liners. And it's a pack of, I don't know, 10 for, uh, I don't know, $8, $9. I text my sister, my my middle sister. She's, I think she's like, I don't know, 33. And I said, I, I was like, sister dollface, do you think I should get these lip liners? And she writes back like this, like like a scary emoji face. And she's like, Elise, really? Like 10 lip liners for $8? Like, ew. Like, I get it. You want something cheap. But really? Like, how good are they going to be? Well, let me tell you, sister girl, and everybody else that's listening, these lip liners are fabulous. I started wearing them a few days ago. 
because that's what I do. I wake up, I take a shower, I have to put my makeup on right away, and I love to put a little lip liner on. I feel like then I am ready to see myself in the mirror. And um, they're good. They're good. The color, it stays on. You get a bunch of colors in the pack, brown, nude, reds, uh, maroons, a plum color. They're really nice. So far, so good. The only thing that I'm going to do that I haven't done is I want to look at the ingredients. Uh, I, I don't know why. Just They're so cheap. And I bought them on Amazon. I don't see this brand in the store. So I just I just want to be mindful of the ingredients. Um, they're written on the side of the pencil. But but so far, so good. Great bargain. I have friends, they say, Elise, you know, like you have a good job. You know, you make money. Like wh- why, why are you buying dollar lip liners? And here's the thing. It's just not something I choose to spend my money on. Right? Right? Right, everybody listening? We have our choice on what to spend money on. Why do I need to spend money on a lip liner? I'd rather spend money on a nice lotion. And even that, I don't spend money. You know, I use Willada Skin Food or Willada Light Skin Food. And it's all plant-based, celebrity cult product. And it's just as good as Lamar. Why wouldn't I? And it's 10 bucks. Why wouldn't I try to find a great deal? But that's what I choose to spend my money on because I know one day in years to come, that money is going to become extremely precious to me. Not that it's not now, but you know what I'm saying. When you're 80 years old and you're not working, hopefully I'm working as a stand-up then. But, you know, it, it come on. Not something I choose to spend my money on. Got the chore chart going for the girls. Got the chore chart going. I don't know if we have parents listening to this. I know we have parents listening. I know I have parent listeners. But <sighs> my kids, my younger daughter, she's misbehaving. She's just fresh. She's fresh. I, I, I picked up a, a, a little drawing she made the other day. I said, oh, this is so beautiful. I love this. This is gorgeous. And she says, don't touch that. And I'm like, oh, my God. I don't know if it's her age. You know, she recently turned six. If you have advice, please, please let me know. There's a book that I need to get reread, How to Talk So Kids Will Listen and How to Listen So They'll Talk. But I am, I'm, I'm at a loss here. So I got the chore chart going. I ordered a chore chart from Amazon and I came up with an idea. I'll write their chores up, you know, on the, the magnetic thing, um, erasable chart. Little things, wash your face, brush your teeth, make your bed, get dressed. Don't come in mommy's bed in the night and try to sleep in my bed. And at the end of the week... Well, every day, you know, as they do their chores, they check them off on the chart. And at the end of the week, if they do all their chores for the whole week perfectly, they're going to get to pick a little toy out of a big box of goodies that I'm going to have. And isn't that, that reminds me, I, I don't know how I came up with the idea, but I think I thought... One of them came home with a tchotchka from school. Oh, you know, Mrs. So-and-so has the grab bag of goodies. And I thought, oh, my God, I used to love that. I remember being in, like, kindergarten, first grade, and my teachers, you know, if you did something good, they let you come and take, like, a pencil or an eraser out of a big a big bucket. You know, I used to love that. Or, you know, you remember if you're at the dentist, you get your cleaning, and they're like, oh, you get to get, you know, a, a Chinese finger trap thing, you know, whatever it is. I used to love that. So I came up with the idea. I, uh, I got an Amazon box, I'm going to wrap it, and I'm going to, you know, like wrap the sides, and I'm going to wrap little little junky trinket things, I'm going to put them inside um, this box, and they get to, to do like a grab bag, pick something out if they do, only if they do their chores. So we might have a little issue that, of course, if they don't listen, then they're going to think they could just 
grab any old thing at, at all every week, but but hopefully they're gonna stick to it. I got a lot of stuff on AliExpress. I, I've talked about it before, but on AliExpress, I got a lot of stuff. If you go on AliExpress and you type in, you know, the app, and you type in, uh, I don't know, kid like kid kid rings or uh, you know, kid plastic jewelry or. Um, I don't know, little party favors, all this junk comes up for like a dollar. You know, and it all comes from China, direct from the manufacturer. You cut out the middleman. So it takes months to come. It takes months. But I order stuff from there every so often just to have it on hand as, you know, like emergency, just in case I need an emergency bribery gift for my kids. So I'm going to wrap all this stuff and put it in the box. I I, I hope it goes well. Wish me luck because I'm losing it. I'm absolutely freaking losing it. Mm-hmm. We got to do some TV talk. Oh, you hear that? Do you hear that? This is a uh, a fire truck. We got to do some TV talk because I've been uh, I've been watching with the COVID. But 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 before I tell you that, I want to tell you um I got a room a room for a weekly comedy show. It's not going to be anything you know any any nothing spectacular at it, by all means. It's um there's a bar in Midtown called Slattery's Midtown East. I think it's on 36. It's between 5th and Madison. And the owner is so kind. Um, he's he, he loves me. He's a fan. And he has an upstairs room. And he said, Elise, if you want to do a show once a week, you know, with your friends, your co- comedian friends, of course, put together a lineup once a week, we would love to have you. So that's what I'm doing every Friday starting February 11th at Slattery's Bar in Midtown. I will be there performing with uh, my uh, comedian um, colleagues. I'm going to put together a, a new lineup every week. I will be on likely every show unless I'm out of town or on vacation or have another um, have another uh, show to do, but I would, I'll would i post about that. But that's what I'm going to be doing. So come out, come out. It'll be fun. It's, it's going to be, I think, a $10 cover, two drink minimum. You know, it's a regular pub. They have food, good beer. It's it'll, it'll be a good time. So just FYI on that. I'll post more on my Instagram. Okay, TV talk. Sex in the city. What are, are we watching? What are we thinking about this? Just like that. By the way, did we know that they're the same age as when the Golden Girls started? Just to let you know what women are looking like. No, we're not going to see any more um, Estelle Getty's running around, I guess it seems. Um, the first couple of episodes I thought were fucking horrific. I couldn't freaking stand them. It was so political. Every PC, everything was shoved in to, jammed in to 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 the first two episodes. I love the idea of having representation. I think it's important. I love the idea of talking about these issues. I think it's necessary. But to shove it in into like one 30-minute episode, like let it breathe, like just the how about just the girls just the girls on maybe the first episode doing some of their girl chat and 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 without all these um directly uh, shoved in um of uh, of uh, uh, pc things i i i don't want to you know i don't want to i don't you know i can't i can't get into i can't get into it for obvious reasons but it's a little too much. As the show goes on, I am liking it. And I'm watching it because you know what? I was a big Sex and the City fan. I saw the movie. I obviously watched the fran- love the franchise. 
I love Sarah Jessica Parker. Um, I love her husband, her her, her real life has husband, uh, Matthew Broderick. I I I I love it. I love it. So I'm um, I'm I'm watching it. It's not as good as the original. I miss Samantha. Kim Cattrall, what the fuck are you doing? Like, really? Just get over yourself. Just come back. Come back. You, you make the show. And I bet if you came back, they would probably pay you quite the amount of money because I'm sure viewership would go up. But anyway, I, 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 I'm I watching it. It's okay. It's okay. Um, But I'm, I, I would be lying if I didn't say when, when the new episodes get come on, you know, HBO Max. I am excited. It's like sitting down and, and watching old girlfriends again. So even though it's PC and annoying and all this kind of shit, I – and I – Okay, I gotta stop myself because I don't want to get in trouble. Okay, Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso is so good. A friend of mine told me to watch Ted Lasso. He said it's about uh, an American football coach that goes to the UK to coach uh, Premier League uh, football, soccer in the UK. And at first I was like, no, not watching that. I freaking loved it. I watched both seasons, binged it. It's on Apple TV. It's laugh out loud. It's silly. It's heartwarming. It's a root for the underdog. It's, it's, it's the best. It's the best. Um, whether you're, whatever culture you are, you know, everybody, all, all, the whole world loves soccer, whatever culture you are, um, whether, uh, whether you're American, whether you're British, it's, it's, it's really, it's for everybody. It's adorable. It's, it's kid friendly too. I would say you could even watch it with your, with your kids. It's great. Good. Love Ted Lasso. King Richard. Don't know if you saw King Richard, the Serena and Venus Williams story. Again, amazing. A movie. This was a movie. I rented it. I paid $20 to rent it. <laughs> My boyfriend's like, why are you so cheap? Why am I so cheap? I don't want to pay $20 to rent a damn movie. He's like, okay, but the movie tickets in the theater are like $20 each. Okay, fine. Good point. So we rented it. It was also great. I couldn't believe it. I knew about their story. I knew they were two tennis stars from Compton. I knew that they, the two girls, they grew up poor. I knew that their family was, uh, you know, religious Jehovah's Witnesses. I knew that they were raised in a great family. I had no idea uh, some of the struggles that they had trying to get seen. Um, Serena and Venus Williams, their father, their father and their mother really did the, the, the bulk of their training in their early years. The father freaking blood sweat and tears just devoted his life to these girls it's the most amazing story not only about uh watching two tennis stars come up not only them being the world's best tennis players and literally coming from from really humble meager beginnings it's a story it's a great story for like just being a good human being you know just being a good human being and believing in people I loved it Beatles documentary, still watching that, six hours. If you're an artist, it's really good. It's inspiring, but it's long. It's very long. And last but not least, being the Ricardos. Last but not least on our TV talk, being the Ricardos. I didn't love it. I didn't love it. Nicole Kidman as Lucy. Nah. You know, maybe she'll win an award because it's, I guess, a hard role to play. But I feel like there's so many other comedic actresses that, that could have played Lucille Ball, Deborah Messing being one of them. I don't know, even Tina Fey or Amy Poehler, I feel like would have been a better choice than Nicole Kidman. Um, also, the being the Ricardos, it kind of jumped from like tenses, like like it was like decades and times of life. I found it confusing, and I didn't find her 
uh, I thought her performance was good, but I didn't find her to be as warm um, and endearing as Lucille Ball comes across on uh, her show. So that's that. That's that for the Elise Delucci show today. That's all I got for you. I do have a product of the week. Do you know the brand Edie Parker? Well, Edie Parker, chic, chic brand, chic fancy brand, Edie Parker Flower is a little line that they have for the fancy pot smoker in you. I don't smoke pot. Um, I have, though. I have. And, and, you know, let me... I went to Cannabis Cup I, when I lived in Europe when I was younger. And I, and I you know, I had my, my fair share of experiences. I actually, uh, my doctor, my therapist prescribed medical marijuana for me years ago when I was doing that. But I got so damn fat because nobody told me that if even if I was taking medical marijuana, I was still, still going to be dying for snacks a few hours later. So anyway, Edie Parker Flower, they have a store. She has a store, 21 Bond Street, but you can go online, Edie Parker, E-D-I-E, parkerflower.com. And they have all these, like I said, fancy pot smoker accessories. A banana fruit pipe, a cherry fruit pipe, bags, shoes, uh, T-shirts. It's actually really, really cute if you have somebody that, say, is using marijuana for their cancer treatment or just likes to get high. Like if you want to get them a cute, high-end, very couture gift, I think that this is super chic. It's expensive, but it's ador- it's adorable stuff. Edie Parker Flower. Quote of the day. I don't know who said this, but it I just love it because it couldn't be more true. Your life is only as good as your mindset. Your life is only as good as your mindset. Unknown. Unknown. Well, everybody, we will be talking like I said, Slattery's, my Midtown East in New York City bar show is going to start February 11th. If you are a comic listening, feel free to reach out for a spot. If you are a friend or a listener and you're in New York or you're in town, I would love to see you. Friday night, casual show, lots of laughs, will be fun. It'll be intimate and cool. Um, and ooh, just for laughs, Montreal Comedy Festival is uh, auditions are coming up. I'm hoping to audition for the New Faces Montreal Just for Laughs Comedy Festival coming up. Wish me luck on that. I find out if I'm going to get an audition. Um, I don't know yet, but I really want to audition. You know, JFL is the biggest comedy competition. Or not, it's not even a competition. It's the biggest comedy festival in the world. Um, everybody who's any one famous comic has gone there, got their start there, performed there, um, and still does, but they have a, a new faces show where the, the, some of the funniest up and coming, hardest working, memorable comics, uh, get to take the stage. And it, there's really, I think it's, there's a, a couple shows maybe, there's maybe like 20 spots. And anybody in the world who's a comedian is trying to go. So, especially if you're a newer comic, trying to get into new faces. So, fingers crossed. Wish me luck for an audition for JFL. I hope we find out about that uh, in the coming weeks. But, like I said, your life is only as good as your mindset. So, I am staying positive. Thank you for listening to the Elise DeLucci Show. Tell your friends. Tell your family. I love you for listening. And I will talk to you soon. Ciao, ciao.